Hey there, and welcome to the Rock Reavers podcast. Here we are all about believing and proclaiming the word. We're totally given to true worship and obedient in taking the gospel to the nations through missions. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll be blessed by this message. Amen. Let's appreciate Pastor Lovi. Thank you so much for leading us so well. Don't you celebrate Pastor Lovi? Come and clap those hands like you love your pastor. Good leadership is endangered species. Hebrews chapter 4. I would have us read from verse 1 to verse 5. Hebrews chapter 4. I would have us read from verse 1 to verse 5. Did you enjoy the worship today? Put those hands for the move worship. Come on, celebrate them, celebrate them, celebrate them. Is that how you celebrate your worship team? <laughs> Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. What we say here is that we don't, it is not a leadership team. It is a family because we believe in doing church as a family. You can ask them, they'll tell you. We spend every Friday together in breaking bread and getting to know each other a bit better. And we're spending time together and bonding and trusting God for, for a move. Amen. I'd request us to stand up as we read God's word as is our culture in this house. We will read from verse 1 to verse 5 today because we have quite a lot to cover. So I'll request that we start with verse 1. Let's go. Just as God had said, so I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet this work has been finished. This is the creation of the Lord. His words. And on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. And again in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. Verse 6, let's go. It still remains that some will enter that rest and those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience. I request that you put up the statement of faith, our statement of belief, victim decay. Three, two, one, let's go. I have changed my mind and my attitude. To reflect what God says about me. My faith is built on God's word. A new kind, a remnant, and I am after my. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell them, Welcome to church. Now sit on your enemies. Amen. I must say that we continue to thank God for the steady progress that we are making in his word. We are growing. We are increasing. Uh, yes, last week we sat down with the pastors and we were like, when are we starting our second service? So we want you to watch out for the second service because we have never seen such a fast, such a fast growing church like Rivers Church. 
And because the hall is getting full so fast, we want now to start a second service at 8 o'clock. So those of us who want to come to church at 8 o'clock, you will be free to do so and we will finish by 10. And then those of us who like coming at 10.30, which is most of us, will come at 10.30 for the 10 o'clock service. So we'll start it at 10.30. Now you have won. And then we'll go all through to 12.30. Is that good news? Is that good news or is that good news? Amen. So watch out for our second service. So shortly we will ask you to tweet on Twitter and say Ruach Rivers Church commences the second dimension of glory. The second service. Are you happy to be in church today? Are you happy to be in church today? You are looking lovely from over here. I thank God for this church because people dress so well. Is this how you dress when you're coming to church? My goodness. It looks like a Monday morning in New York. People came to do business with God. Glory to God. Somebody said, let not, let not your dressing reflect your troubles. The day you're most frustrated is the day to iron your Christmas best. <laughs> Glory to God. And if you can't buy new clothes, buy something new. Buy a new sock. Because there's always a bounce when there's new clothes on your, on your body. Good to see you guys. We are looking forward for today. We have been praying. We are prayed up. We believe strongly with all our hearts that God is going to move in this place mightily in the name of Jesus. We are trusting God for a new season. God is about to open a door for you in 2022 that will make the 10 years of hard work worth it. And today we are, I'm looking at a subject which is faith overcoming adversity and entering into victory. Overcoming adversity and entering into victory. I'll request Ndeke to put for me Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, but in the KJV, because that is the Bible Paul used to use. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, in the King James Version. The book of Hebrews is particularly important because it is traced from a Greek word that means the man that passed over. The man that moved from one state to the other. The book of Hebrews deals with the transition from Judaism into New Testament Christianity. Particularly important is the book of Hebrews because in it we are able to see the expectation of God when it comes to our worship and our fellowship with him. The literally style of the book of Hebrews is superior like none other. The interjection of thought, the literal, it is prose and it is poetry and it is history and there's so much so of God and his law and so much so of Jesus Christ and his grace. And when we examine the book of Hebrews, we begin to see that indeed there is a passing over. If you study the book of Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13, yes, he says, and hath, according has his divine power, he says, by his power, he hath translated us. He hath made us to pass over from the kingdom of death. He says, from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have light. It says in whom we have light and redemption. That there is a passing over. The believer is one that has passed over. There is a movement. The day we got born again, we moved. There was a transition 
as it were, from the kingdom of death. Death no longer has reign in your house. Praise the Lord forever. It doesn't matter how hot the situation is. Death has no reign because we have passed from the kingdom of death and darkness into the kingdom of light. The book of Hebrews deals with passing over. And not only have we passed over as far as kingdom is concerned and position is concerned, we have also received a passing over of Abrahamic blessing. Look at Galatians chapter 3. He said that we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. For it is written that cursed is every man that hangeth on the tree, he said. That the blessing of Abraham might pass unto us Gentiles who believe by faith. So there is a movement of position. But there is also a movement of blessing. And now our reality is as we walk on this earth, we are not walking as men without an inheritance, but we are walking as the seed of Abraham. And it is here that the book of Hebrews begins to show a connective tissue. There's an umbilical cord between the Old Testament reality, the Old Testament law and revelation of God Adonai, and the New Testament revelations of Jesus Christ and of his grace. That we cannot excommunicate ourselves from Judaism. That Christianity, in fact, has its roots in Judaism. It is not a house without foundation. And the book of Hebrews has only two parts. I must come down today because this is a Bible class. Tell your neighbor the pastor is coming where you are. There are only two parts to the book of Hebrews. And the first part is chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, up to chapter 8 and 9. And he deals with doctrine. In fact, the book of Hebrews has been anointed the book of better, better things, better promises, better position. God is saying that in my relationship with you, I first want to establish doctrine. And the doctrinal must come before practice comes. So he first takes chapter 1 to chapter 10 and he establishes position. But from chapter 11, 12, and 13, I know your neighbor thought Hebrews has 14. No, it ends at 13. Tell your neighbor it ends at 13. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it ends at 13. So chapter 10, 11, and 13, he deals with Christian practice. And a theology that emphasizes Christian position without emphasizing Christian practice, is deficient of the mind of God. It is not enough to tell you you are blessed. We must say you are blessed, but also get into prayer and fasting. It is not enough to say that you are going to make it in 2022. We must say that God is opening up a door, but you must fold your sleeves. Praise the Lord. It is not enough to say that we will have zero divorce rate. We must say we'll have zero divorce rate in this church, but also say that you must learn to be selfless. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That there is a positioning that God is declaring, but also there is a responsibility. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 verse 33. He says, now remember the former days that after you are illuminated, you suffered great tribulation. That because you know there is a responsibility, there is a pulling to behave in a certain way. God is saying, remember, call to remembrance the former days that after you were illuminated, you suffered great tribulation. And he now deals with three things 
that remain. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13. It says, now three remain. Hope, faith, and love. And the greatest of this is love. So Christian duty begins with chapter 11, faith. Now faith is the substance of the things hoped for. The evidence of the things not seen. Chapter 12 deals with hope. Because hope maketh not ashamed. He said, seeing that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Verse 1 of chapter 12. Let us lay aside every sin that easily besets. Let us lay aside every weight. And run with endurance the grace that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the hope that was set before him endured the cross. That deals with hope. That the Christian life is a life that constantly does not look at what is happening presently, but has its gaze in the future and deals with grasping the promises of God concerning tomorrow. And that gives me comfort because it doesn't matter what I see. It doesn't matter what I'm experiencing today. It doesn't matter how difficult my week has been. One thing is certain, if God be for us, who can be against us? One thing is certain, it doesn't matter if you take away the job. You cannot take away Jesus Christ from me. And it is clear now that in our sojourn in this life, hope must, ne must never make ashamed. Solomon said that a desire fulfilled is like a tree of life, but hope deferred maketh the heart sick that you can lose all that you can lose, but never lose hope. That Christian practice is anchored on faith, hope, but also love. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 1, he says, let brotherly love continue. That there is a vocation of walking in love and there is a vocation, there is a characteristic of the believer and that characteristic is love. That there is love between ourselves in church. That there is love for the lost world. That there is, if there is one mark that the believer must possess and must embrace every day, is that we demonstrate the love of Christ. And now Hebrews begins to draw parallels between the journey of the children of Israel into the promised land and our journey as believers from salvation into the rest of God. And he draws parallels. And he is particularly interesting because chapter 4 verse 1 opens with letters, therefore, fear. And this is particularly difficult because it is disturbing. It is disturbing that God would say, let us fear. Remember, this is the God who said, even I am thy God, thy God. Do not fear, neither be dismayed. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou hast not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power, and of a sound mind. Just break every fear. But there is a fear that we must have. And this is disturbing. This is very disturbing. And to the Bible student, if you begin to keenly observe this text, you will be completely disturbed. And faith does in fact disturb us. Faith is not passive. Faith is not 
sitting on the couch and saying that God will give you my job. You know, meanwhile, you are changing Netflix and Showmax. Faith is not saying that I am Ruth and therefore Boaz will come. Boaz is not coming. I know you heard me. Boaz is not coming. Before you, have, before you become Ruth, Boaz is not coming. And before you put your hand, scripture said in Psalms chapter 90 that thou, O Lord, bless the work of my hands. The blessing is in the work. Before I'm able to work, there's nothing to bless. Let us fear, therefore. He says, let us therefore fear. Now remember when he spoke to Moses, he said, don't fear their faces. And nobody who ever became successful was afraid of man. That there has to be a boldness in the work of destiny. Pastor Lovi, this morning, we were having a Bible study this morning. Do you have Bible studies with your brothers or you gossip? So we were having a Bible study with my brother. And, and we, you know, we were just discussing about how rich the gospel of Christ is. And he told me, you know, man of God, you like saying the word destiny so much. What do you mean when you say destiny? Now, one of the things that you will hear hyper-Pentecostals begin to suggest is that faith is a force. And they use this force. They want to suggest that they can use this force to manipulate God, meaning that faith can, in fact, move God's hand without God's will. But the book of Hebrews doesn't teach us to get into our own ambition and desire, but it teaches us that the battle is getting out of our desire and aligning with God's desire and plan for our life. That the battle of faith is not to compel God, but the battle of faith is to compel me to align with God's word. My goodness. If your pastor is preaching like this, this is how TBN gets people. Ah, my good, I celebrate this. I've never had such a profound Bible teacher. That faith does not compel God, but faith compels me. Have you noticed when you look at Hebrews chapter 11 and read the verses and it talks about women receive their dead back to life. It says men caused water to come out of rocks. When you finish all that triatize, you come to chapter 12 verse 1. It talks about Jesus. That the object of our faith is not to grasp promises or to grasp our desires or to fight and push God to do what we must, we must now experience. But the object of our faith is a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. That faith brings me to a place where I interact with him. Faith brings me to a place where I relate with him. Moses says, he says, told me, tell, God speaks to Moses and tells Moses, do not fear their faces. And in this walk of destiny or in this walk of getting into God's will for your life, one of the challenges that you must deal with is haters. And you must learn how to move when naysayers are saying nay. That is why they are called naysayers. It is tragic to want a naysayer to say yes because there is nothing like yes sayers. And every time you make a move towards God's destiny for your life or every time you make a move towards God's plan and purpose for your life, there will be a lot of no's on every side. Do an experiment today. Just go to Facebook and say, oh God, I'm about to die. I'm committing suicide. 900 comments. But when you say, thank God, the next 21 days I'll be fasting and going to the gym, my best life now, zero comments. Why? Because naysayers have penetrated even Facebook. 
<laughs> Do not be afraid of their faces. Do not be afraid of their faces. You will be told, and if, you, if you're in corporate Nairobi, you, you realize that most of the challenges of budding entrepreneurs or career people, when they enter interviews, it's not that they're not able to deliver excellence. And it is not that they don't have the ability to be good at what they do. It is that fear is reigning in their hearts. And you will enter a board meeting and you cannot utter excellence because fear has grasped you. You're afraid of their faces. God is saying that if there's one thing that you must walk in, in the journey of destiny, entering into my will for your life, don't be afraid of their faces. If you can come out from fearing men, no man who was successful feared men. And that brings us to a place of freedom. It is freedom because we are able to communicate openly but respectfully. We are able to engage on a platform of honor and directness. Somebody said in Africa, nobody talks straight. And the challenge is that the more we don't talk straight, the more we are not able to collaborate progressively. Do not be afraid of their faces, he told Moses. But now in Hebrews, he tells us something to be afraid about. Now, I thank God because he gives us the ebullience to deal with life. I thank him because he says that, you know, we have believed on the lion of the tribe of Judah. I thank him because he has made us more than a conqueror. And there is energy in the inside of us. I thank him because he says that the path of the just man is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect. I thank him for all those things. But now, in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1, he says, let us therefore fear. Be very afraid of this. That if a promise being left for us entering into his rest, any of you should come short of it. And he's saying that you should not be afraid to start because somebody said, I have fear of failure. I have fear of failure. I have fear of rejection. That the reason why I have not come out and pursued God's purpose for my life is because they will reject me. They will not accept me. I feel that I'm not good enough. He says, don't fear that you didn't do and failed. Fear that you didn't enter into what have already made available for you. So one day in 2010, 2010, I was a young man, as I am now still, glory to God. Know that I am not young anymore. <laughs> I am just younger and wider. <laughs> I thank God for width. You know when you're when you're when you're given a lift, you know sometimes you want to bolt and you bolt and and and, uh, and the bolt that comes is alto. Now as you know, you know alto is not so stable. Eh? When you're an alto, there's a width that you require to stabilize the car. <laughs> thank God for width. So every time we sit on an altar, it feels like a pajero because the weight has come. <laughs> it gets worse when I'm with Pastor Lovi. <laughs> the tragedy is not that you will fail while doing it. The tragedy is that you will miss out on God's opportunity by holding back. God is saying, I don't want you to care about rejection. I don't want you to care about failure. I don't want you to care about what ifs. I want you to trust God and jump out of the boat. Faith is, is a rugged thing. Faith climbs up a tree. It is faith that faith would crawl on its knees and pursue the master even when the master is being thronged by the crowd. 
that sometimes in the work of destiny, in the work of entering your purpose, your God's purpose for your life, there will be a requirement to go beyond borders. That's what CNN says. To go beyond that which is comfortable and that which is acceptable, that which is within your area of comfort. As long as you remain small, you will see small ideas from God's word and you will never achieve anything of significance. He says, fear! Miles Monroe said that in the grave is the, the grave is the richest place in the whole world. Gideon, please help me with this tower. He says the grave is the richest place in the whole world. And he argues and says because in the grave were songs that were never written. Or songs that were written and never produced. He argues that in the grave are movies that were never written. Or they were written and never produced. He argues that in the grave are politicians that never had the boldness to overcome fear and to trust God and jump out by faith and see what comes. He says that we must fear lest we fall short of the promises of God in our lives. That God's promise will begin with doctrine, but duty must quickly follow. In Hebrews chapter 10, chapter 11, chapter 12, and chapter, chapter 13. That I must believe God by faith. And when it doesn't happen, I must remain in hope. And even when it doesn't happen, I must never grow bitter and stay in love. Can you see it now? He says, that fear this. Fear that you do not, there's a promise being left for us in entering into his rest. But any of you should come short of it. That the battle, the battle is not to move God, but the battle is to move me to come out of convenience and mediocrity to enter into sacrifice, excellence, and the victory of God. There's victory in the inside of you this morning. I said there's victory in the inside of you this morning. Child of God, why don't you rise up? Why don't you refuse to be mediocre anymore? Jump out in faith and refuse to be afraid of them. Refuse to be held back by fear of failure. Refuse to be held back by fear of rejection. Refuse to be the only fear that we must have is fear that we don't that we don't enter into the promises that he already has for us. He says we fall short. When you study that word in New Testament theology, it means that there was a hate. It is exactly the way the, the KJV has rendered it. That there was a height that was expected of you. But you failed to enter that height because you did not consider the promise of God ahead of you. There is destiny on the other side of fear. There is purpose in the other side of fear. And I'm pushing you now to begin to embrace that which God has said you must embrace. Somebody said, I will not open my business this year. This economy is full of corruption. That indeed I have this desire to do tenders, but I can't do tenders because if you don't know anybody, you won't get any business. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Open that business and trust God by faith that excellence will be delivered. Somebody said, what if I enter into that relationship and they don't make, you, they don't make me happy? They will not make you happy. I know you heard me. They will not make you happy. 
Because Abraham, who is the father of faith, Hebrews chapter 11, he says that he looked for a city whose, whose foundation was built by God. One author said that the Christian life is a journey of faith, but the satisfaction of it will only be experienced in heaven. That what your soul really craves is not a happy relationship. It is not a succeeding business. It is not a progressive career, but heaven and fellowship with God. In doing so, what that does then is that it frees us from desiring happiness from relationship or from getting happiness from a progressive business or a progressive career or getting fulfillment from a business that works. That is how you can be not moved by what you see. What you see can only move you if it has you. Be very afraid of falling short of what God has called you. Now, the transition, what happens now then is that he begins to deal with entering now. And he demonstrates now. He wants now to validate chapter verse 1 and verse 2. He says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as, as, well as unto them. But the gospel that was preached unto them did not profit them, not being mixed by faith. And in the wilderness, the children of Israel did have battles. Despite God's word being with them. Despite God's prophet being with them. Despite God's presence being with them. There was a fight. And we are in a fight now. Praise the Lord. Everybody, each and every one of us, we are in a fight. There is a battle in our lives. You are either in a fight or coming out of a fight or just about to get into a fight. But all of us are in a battle. All of us are experiencing. He's saying that you can be in the presence of God, but there could be wilderness in your life. That the presence of God does not counsel wilderness. One preacher said that Satan is not afraid of the presence of God. That is why when Jesus was fasting, at his highest height of spirituality, devil came and he was even talking to him. I thought when I fast, I'll hear God. When Jesus was, the more he fasted, the more he had him. Let that sink in. The devil is not afraid of the presence of God. Scripture says when the sons of God appeared before him in the book of Job, Satan also showed up. And he didn't just show up, they were talking. The other sons didn't talk. But this one was talking. Somebody said, I'm in a battle. I'm in a battle. I'm in a battle. And victory is not coming out. Victory is knowing that I am with God. So true victory in the journey of destiny is the assuring presence of God. Some of us are in situations that will never change. They, let me say that again. Some of us are in situations that will never change. But to think that I am defeated because the situation is not changing would be ignorance. He says, fearless a promise. The strength of that promise is the ebullience of being with God. He says, oh king, if we die, we die. If God delivers us, he delivers us. But we will not bow before you. We're not bowing. We're not bowing. And somebody said there are sexually, uh, sexually promoted careers, sexually given, the, especially in the University of Nairobi where I came from, sexually transmitted degrees, ETC, ETC, that people have decided that there is a way to move forward. There is an ascendancy beyond prayer. 
the devil is a liar. God said that the child of God that will enter into destiny is the one who has known that the craving of his soul is not happiness that is derived from material gain, but the fulfillment of knowing that I am walking with Jehovah Adonai. I am trying to bring you to a place of ascendancy above every situation that I could be in my one bedroom, but my spirit is rejoicing with God in heaven. That the one bedroom does not affect my countenance. I know you heard me. This, remember, the just man shall not live by miracles. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 34. It says, and we know that the just shall live by faith. But any man that turns back, this man does not have my pleasure. Thank you, Jesus. That God is saying, have steady focus on his presence in your life. Don't be moved by moving things. One preacher said that you are only moved when the things that are moving you have you. Praise the Lord. You know, it is very easy to know that it is end month because there is a spring in the walk of many people. There's just a way, you know, the way Sichi was singing today. You know there is something happening. When you come out, there is serious traffic. Everybody came out with their Sunday car. But on the last day of the month, everybody can fuel, you know. People are buying clothes. There is heavy traffic on Facebook, you know, manifesting a holiday and so on. And you will find then, therefore, that our moods, our, the field, you know, the experience of our life is so moved by what we see, what we touch, and what we experience. But the book of Hebrews is moving Judaistic Jews from, should I say, physical worship, bloody sacrifice. He's moving them from that which is seen to that which is unseen. And in Hebrews chapter 4, he talks about that now you can approach the throne of grace boldly because the dividing wall has been removed and you don't need any priest to go before you. That is the essence of what we are looking at today here. And he's saying that faith that overcometh adversity is faith that has its gaze fixed on our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the answer to the wilderness. He is the answer to the challenge that we now face. And he does not answer by removing the challenge. He answers us by removing us. So faith then does not move God, but faith moves you. It says the gospel that's preached unto them did not profit them. Did not profit them. Now, there are people here who are accountants. You know, businessmen, when you hear profit, you jump up very quickly. But any businessman will tell you that profit is not what you have. Profit is what you have after you have removed costs. That when you talk about profit, you must of necessity talk about costs. That profit is that which remains. If you broke even, you are not profitable. You waste the time. Praise the Lord. You waste the time, maybe you got brand equity, right? And other complicated financial ideas. But the truth of the matter is, if you look at your bank account, there is no progress. You broke even. You didn't make money. You didn't make profit. The idea of profit is that after you have deducted your costs, something remains. And God is saying that every time you go through the wilderness, the true test of faithfulness in purpose is that despite the challenge, something remains. That I went through difficult battle, but I'm still here. That the heat was, you know, high water. It looks like all hell had broken loose, but I am still here. That I went through business closure, but I am still here. 
that I went through a divorce, but I remained. Here I am. That there was challenging on every side and the bank auctioned me, but I'm still here. That true profit is not, not being buffeted on every side and not being challenged on every side and not losing material weight or material gain and not losing that which concerns us. But true profit is that despite of the challenge, you are still here. That it doesn't matter what kind of battle you went through, you are still here. That this could be the most difficult time in your business. But God said, lift up your hand, lift up your eyes, see me. You are still here. Praise the Lord. And if there's a year that nothing will take you out, it is this one. In the name of Jesus. Nothing is about to take out your joy. I said nothing is about to take out your joy. Nothing is going to move your peace. I said nothing is going to move your peace. You can fire me all you want, but there is a peace in the inside of me that will not be touched or changed. You can close my house every way you want, but there is a peace in the inside of me that remains steady. You can even decide to reduce my salary, but I'm not moved by salary. I'm not moved by how much I earn because there is a peace in the inside of me that remains constant at all times. The word which was preached unto them did not profit them. Not being mixed with faith. Not being mixed with faith. So some time back we were bonding, you know, with, with our ministry team and people decided to share. Uh, people decided to share what are, what are, let me use very church language, what are their disadvantages once in a while. You know, and, and what happens usually is that when you go to, <laughs> when you go to a club, what would happen is, especially those people who take cocktails, right, what happens is that there's usually a mixer. And what they will do is, hey, 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 this side is the holy side, okay, let me speak. Let me, I can hear you, Jajo, you don't know those things. So usually what happens is that they take the elements of Holy Communion and mix it with some water or, or what people call chaser. There's a mixing. <laughs> and the reason why the mixing is there is to reduce the impact. You know, and there's a mixing. But let me give you another example that is, a, a, is, a, is closer home. So we travel out with my brother Pasalovi to Uganda because we have business there. And in Uganda, you know, they love porridge so much that they have porridge in a bottle. Okay. Like Afia juice, you can have porridge. It's called Bushera, all right? And there's a rumor around uh, Bushera. So this Bushera, what happens is that normally once you, when you store it in the shop, it separates of necessity. So you see the, you see the, the flood down there. Then you see some, the middle section. Nobody knows what that is. Then you see the water, <laughs> all right? So, now, if you look at the layers, it depends. So, if they use clean water, they're usually two layers. If they use water that is almost clean, they're usually three layers. Okay? So, this is obvious physics, biology, and science together. So, now, this bushera, if you took it now and you sipped it off the top, you'll say, but I'm drinking water. That the full impact of bushera is only experienced when you grab the bottle and frantically shake it up, tell your neighbor, shake it up. Shake it up. The deficiency is not in the contents of the bottle. The deficiency is in the consumer 
of the bottle. That there has to be, for me to experience the full punch of Bushera, I must take it and shake it together. One example. Here's example number two. I'm full of examples. You know, ask TBN preachers. Usually, you can't preach in TBN if you don't have examples. Eh? Very important. That's why you must celebrate your pastor, because your pastor is a TBN preacher. Yeah, this is what's happening. Oh, you don't like that. <laughs> or you want a pastor who has no influence, eh? Yeah, you're in the wrong. Okay, so here we go. Here's the next example. So the next example, those ladies who can bake. I'm not talking about those ladies who attempt to bake or who, those ladies who want to offer burnt offering or those ladies who want to waste your gas. I'm talking about people who actually have skills of confectionery making, pastry. I'm not about pastry. Not trials or experience, no, pastry. They will tell you that when you are putting together cake, if somebody gave you flour and eggs and vanilla essence and, and, and uh, what is that thing, karipo, is it karipo, not karipo, this thing that makes it like yeast, right? And they told you, okay, fine, now come here, I have a very beautiful uh, vanilla sponge cake. Now open up your mouth and I start feeding you flour. You'll, comp you'll, you'll be like, now we have entered into witchcraft. I always suspected this pastor because people who wear dresses, what else? In fact, I was just waiting for you to. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Are we having church? So the cake is not in the ingredients. <laughs> the cake is in the mixing. That if I'm going to experience something called cake, let me look this side because I know Pastor Julie can bake for sure. If we are going to experience cake, Pastor Julie will say, Man, I preached until somebody even stood. Jesus Christ. Glory to God, we are in church. Pastor Julie will tell you, if you're going to experience cake, there's going to be a mixing. But the mixing is in the details. And there's a quantity of eggs that is required. And sometimes they say you have to remove the yolk from the egg. So you are mixing egg whites and flour and vanilla essence and milk. Then at a later stage you'll come and add the yolk. He said that it was not mixed by faith. That before you can, it is not just knowing God. It's not just empty theology. But it is believing what I hear and acting upon it that produces the results. So madness is walking out of this place with head knowledge and not acting on what God has said. That God will release his word every Sunday morning and we are faithful. But you must release your faith. And that the release of God's word must be met by the release of faith for progress to happen. Won't you release your faith this morning in the name of Jesus. Now, I do discipleship. Man, I, 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 I am into discipleship. I walk with men. I raise sons and so on. And once in a while, a son will come and tell you, you know, now, <laughs> thank you, Jesus, a very strange. My brothers know of this example very much. You know, they'll come and say, now, I feel like I need to broaden my scope. I need to expand my atmosphere. I need to change fathers. <laughs> I need to go a little, a little bit further. Now, if you're in one house and you have seven children and you're giving them the same food, and all of them are growing. All the six are growing except the seventh one. Is there a problem with the food? I don't know if you heard me. Is there a problem with the food? And the result of God's word. The problem is not God's word. The problem is the ground, he said. And a sower, he said, went to sow forth seed. And some seed fell on thorny ground. The ones with concerns of the world. He said some fell on the road. And the birds of the air took it. Some fell on stony ground. But some fell on good ground. And there they yielded 
100% return. What kind of ground are you today? The impact of God's word in your life is in your hands. That I can take faith, I can take God's word, and my life will change. And as we take Holy Communion today, I don't know if you have the elements. Have you taken the Holy If you don't have the elements, just shoot up your hand and the, and the elements will come to you. I don't even want you to stand today. Let's just sit down and ponder this moment because this is very important. We are not moved by what we see. We are not living this world without experiencing what God has for us. I was giving you an example in 2010 and in 2010 I lost my father when I was in my teenage years. And when his life was leaving him, my life was just, you know, my life was flowing all over my veins. You know, when, when you're younger, there seems to be more life in the inside of you. And in observing his life and interacting with him, Pastor Doc used to treat him a lot. And in observing him and, and talking to him, one of the tragedies that was quickly clear to me is that the tragedy of life is not living and dying. But the tragedy of life is living dying without ever having lived. Let us fear lest a promise being left for us entering his rest, any of you should come short of it. That the tragedy would be to die without attempting that which God has called you to do. The tragedy will be you dying without writing that album and producing it and trusting God by faith. That the tragedy will be not opening that school that God has called you to open. Somebody said capital is difficult to get. Take steps and begin moving towards what God has called you to do. If he said it, it shall surely come to pass. That is the God we serve. And the grace and provision and power of the anointing is in the going. Every time you're about to enter the promised land, you must deal with Jordan. And the interesting thing about destiny the interesting thing about walking in God's purpose is that he will not part Jordan except the sole of your feet touch the water. That the signal for the breakthrough is when you go. This, what's the signal? The signal of the breakthrough is when you go. I know men who married with 1,000 shillings in their bank account. Somebody said, I'm not, I'm not getting married. You know, I, I don't have a job. I don't. The devil is a liar. Take a step. Take a step. Take a step. Take a step. Take a step, somebody. Somebody said, I don't have enough business. I don't have enough capital to open my business. I know I have a grace for the marketplace. Register that business. Take a step. You will not enter the promised land as long as you remain behind in timidity. There has to be aggression in your faith. And trust God that as I step on River Jordan, River Jordan must part. And if it doesn't part... <laughs> For me to die is gain. Praise the Lord. That even if I drowned, I'll drown singing, this is the move. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Forever. They, I, I love failing with God because we're in good company. Thank you, Jesus, forever. I remember we have given this story here before. When, our, when, when, when the pastoral was about, we were, we were just paid for the tent. And we were about to import the tent. There was nowhere to plant the tent. But the devil is a liar. Let the tent come. And God... Surely, before the tent could ever reach Mombasa, talk about this tent, God had provided for himself. Yes. I must say this slowly. And even the rent they gave us over here is lunch money. I mean, look at this place. 
Who could we, how could we ever afford this place but God? But God. Listen, Jordan River was not River Tuckwell that usually dries during the, during the rainy season. No, you go, sometimes it is there, sometimes it is not there. Jordan River is not, is not, is not Zambezi. It's not Nile. It is not Orange. It is not Congo. Zambezi. Sinagol. Limpopo. Yeah, that is the seven biggest rivers of Africa. Of course, your pastor is learned. What are you talking about? <laughs> river Jordan, let me tell you, even for experienced fisher, have you ever heard that River, uh, river, uh, river Nile is not navigable? Huh? <laughs> river Jordan swallows the navigators. Don't play with River Jordan. You could not see the banks. In fact, scripture says when the River Jordan, when the banks of River Jordan would burst, this would be disaster on earth. God is saying, on the other side of River Jordan is destiny. On the other side of River Jordan is fulfillment. On the other side of River Jordan is victory. But I require that you put your foot on River Jordan. And that is why it doesn't matter if there's pain in my body. It doesn't matter if there's confusion in my mind. It doesn't matter if all hell has broken loose. If I can get some five minutes in the morning to trust God, I can walk out of the house victorious. Because as I take steps, those are not steps of man. Those are steps of destiny, backed up by God. And in the same night that Jesus was betrayed, he said, take this. Let's take the body now. It says, this is my body. And this body has been broken for you. This body has been broken for you. Paul said, he who did not withhold his own son, his own son, he would not withhold him. How much more will he freely give you all things? We have a father who has released all things by grace. But that which grace has released, it is faith that takes. It is faith that takes. Baby, throw that remote. Begin to write CVs. Put yourself out there and get that job. No job will come when you're in your house. No business will come to write those proposals. Begin to send those proposals every side. Get some madness and raise capital, not for the business, but for raising money for the proposals. Write 1,000 proposals. I remember in 2010, bro, you remember these days, we had this company called ATB, and those days, you know, email was not so robust. So what we'd do is that we'd print company profile on CDs, and their places would go, and nobody would give us audience. we say, no problem. We will leave this CD with you at your free time. You can go through it. And this CD was compelling. It was ahead of its time. It was a properly branded CV. You know, CD, CD. We're talking about compact disc. You know, millennials don't understand what I'm talking about, yeah? It's a compact disc. This round, shiny thing that you, with a hole in between, looks like a donut that you insert. Huh? <laughs> and we put these CDs everywhere in this city. And that's how... That's, I mean, we got ultimate, we had like four, four accounts or something. That business was worth easily $2 million. Why? Faith is in the going, my friends. Faith is in the going. Is in the going. Somebody said, I am depressed. As long as you're seated in your bed, you will be, and it will not leave you. But there is a way depression must fall off you if you can say, I'm depressed, but I'm going. It doesn't matter how I feel in my mind. I am not so clear. Look at, look at Psalms chapter 44. Is it verse 18? He says that confusion 
confusion is forever, forever in my eyes. My embarrassment has engulfed me. Yet, I have dealt diligently with your covenant. That God, I trust you so much that I might not understand what you're doing, but I trust you. You, God, I trust you. What you're doing, I don't know. What you're doing, I don't understand it. But you, you I trust. It says this body was broken for you. Please, let's take the body. He said, take in the same night that he was betrayed. He said, take this blood and drink. He says, this blood has been spilled for you. It is the blood of the new covenant. He says, as often as you drink, drink in remembrance of me. Let's take the blood. Thank you, Jesus. I'll invite the move to join me as we minister together. Friends, faith that overcometh adversity is a faith that moves us to God. It's a faith that takes steps. It is not a faith that is passive. It is not religious ideology. It is not lofty ideals. It's a faith that takes steps. Faith that moves us from adversity into victory is a faith that stubbornly believes that God is able. And as we rise in our feet, I want us to make one prayer. And that is the prayer in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Who for the joy that was set before him. There are some of us here who graduated and have never gotten a job. We are praying today that God will give you endurance. There are some of us who have had five years of loss-making business. God will give you endurance. That there will be strength to stay. That even when it doesn't work, God will give us endurance. Now lift up your voice and just say, oh God, thank you for endurance. Thank you because we are not giving up in the name of Jesus. That backslider spirit is broken in the name of Jesus. That spirit to turn back and to regret is broken in the name of Jesus. God is giving us the grace today to push forward in the name of Jesus. To push forward. To be strong in the process. To remain steady. Never to be pushed back. Never to throw in the towel. Never to throw up our hands and to give up and to give in. But by faith, believing God, taking steps, putting in the work. In the name of Jesus. And Father, we lift up our hands by faith today, O oh God. You who lifts men, lift men in this house in the name of Jesus. I said you who lifts men, may you lift men in this house in the name of Jesus. Lord, you who wipes the tears of men, Lord, you told us in your word uh, that they sang a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book because thou hast been slain and you have redeemed us by the blood out of every kindred, out of every tongue, out of every people and you have made us kings and priests and we shall rule and reign on this earth. Father, may it please you to make men to reign in this house in the name of Jesus.
Let it be said of Rivers Church that this is a city of kings in the name of Jesus. Let it be said of Rivers Church that this is a city of men and women who will reign on earth, who will reign in the marketplace, who will reign in their families. That Father, you are granting us the victory in the name of Jesus. That, oh God, those that are in a dark season, you shall release a grace this morning. You shall release a grace this afternoon to push them through the dark season in the name of Jesus. That those of us that are in a fight, that oh God, you shall give us the grace to go beyond the fight, to go on the other side of River Jordan. That Lord, we shall not back up, that we shall not run away, but Lord, we shall believe in the name of Jesus. That we shall believe even when the enemy comes in as a flood, we choose to believe you, oh God. Even when the weapons are fashioned against us, we choose to believe you, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for sticking into the end. We hope you are blessed by this message. Follow us for more of these messages when new episodes drop and make sure to rate us so that more people can find out about us. Bye-bye.